0: The Fields Auto Group proudly presents Huddle Up
1: oh. with Bucky Brooks. <laughs> J.P. Shagger, John Ogier, and NFL Network Analyst and former Jaguar Bucky Brooks bring you the latest on your Jacksonville Jaguars.
2: Everything's got to be about the future. It's got to be about tomorrow and bringing all that into focus as we, you know, attack the season.
1: Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks starts right now.
0: And welcome in, it's Wednesday afternoon, it's Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks and a busy show ahead in week number seven, the Jaguars entertain the New York football Giants this Sunday. NFL Network analyst Bucky Brooks coming up, senior writer John Osier, the Giants and the Jaguars. The Giants, one of the surprise teams in the NFL with their five and one start, Doug Peterson and Trevor Lawrence spoke with the media today, and we got a couple social media questions. Uh, John Osher here with me, Bucky Brooks out in Los Angeles, and here we go—the Giants-Jaguars game, sponsored by Florida Blue. Your local Blue Cross and Blue Shield plan, driven by its mission of helping people and communities achieve better health. Learn more at FloridaBlue.com. Bucky, good afternoon. What's up, man? Man, what's up? Big week ahead. Big Nice coming to Duval. Big week. Gi- Giants coming in. Three-game losing skid. John, got to get back on track this week. We just came out of the locker room. It seems like a a group that's ready to to get back out there.
1: Yeah, I, I uh, was talking to Rashawn Jenkins, you know, the safety, the Jaguars, uh, and I was one of my themes this week has been you know, the whole close game thing. Not my theme; it's a theme. Uh, they've uh, the Jaguars have found a way to lose close games, and Giants have, have uh, found a way to win them. And I uh, I asked Sean about being close, and he said, Yo, yeah, we are close, but I'm kind of tired of being close." You know, we've been close all year, and it's time to not be close. It's time to do it. And so I got the sense that they still believe that this is a case of a team being close and not a team that just can't win close games, if that makes sense. I don't feel like there's any uh, resignation to it. Uh, I think they feel like uh, they can still turn this thing. If they do turn this thing, I kind of see this next uh, two or three weeks as – Uh, Being a schedule you can navigate. I mean, now the Broncos, the uh, uh, Raiders, Raiders that team in Las Vegas, and uh, Chiefs. Yeah, the Chiefs. Okay. I don't quite. I don't kind of feel like they're gettable. I think they're one of the elite of the elite. But the Giants, they're very good, but they let teams hang around too. I mean, they win close games. This will be a close game Sunday, I think. And if the Jaguars do figure out how to win those, then I think the next three could be interesting.
3: Think, yeah, Buck? John, I, I I think this is one where the, the Jaguars certainly can get it, but I think it's going to require the Jaguars to grow up in a few different areas. Um, I think the maturity when it comes to how you play the game has to stand up. The last couple of weeks we've seen a ton of penalties uh, on third and critical situations. Uh, defensive pass interferences, uh, we've seen unsportsmanlike penalties or roughing the passers and personal fouls and those things. For the Jaguars to win, they have to be committed not to – allow themselves to have the self-inflicted mistakes that have caused them to lose the last three in a row. And so if they can tighten up that area, they can win. Because when I look at this team, I see uh, the Giants. When I look at the Giants, I see a team that's very similar to the Jaguars. The difference is they're not beating themselves. And so if the Jaguars can eliminate just that part of it, just play a clean football game without the self-inflicted mistakes, uh, they can win. They can knock off the Giants.
0: Let's hear from the head coach. Doug Peterson spoke earlier today at the podium in front of the media that was this morning around 1030. And a big topic this week, of course, has been the Jaguars defense after their play last week against Indy when Matt Ryan threw it all day long. And Matt Ryan put up uh, 389 passing yards, a bunch of crossing routes, lots of things going wrong in the secondary for the Jaguars. And head coach Doug Peterson addressing that coverage today.
2: Yeah, I think I think there's a little bit of all that. Quite honestly, um, you know, if, if we if we play man coverage, we got to play man coverage, right? We we can't um, we can't give so much free access sometimes. You know, now uh, I'll say that to say this that teams scheme man coverage, right? You get in bunches, you get in stacks. It's a way to draw, you know, picks and uh, allow guys to to get open. And now you're in a trail position as a DB, and it's hard. It's extremely hard. And and um, but you do the best you can. You can. Obviously, you can mix, you know, maybe some zone in there, you know, from time to time. But at the same time, you know, we, we ask our guys to do a lot. Uh, we challenge them, you know, some of the veteran players. And, and, uh, and somewhere we got to just make a play, you know. And, and, and as coaches, you know, we got to make sure we're doing the right thing too and, and putting our players in position to be successful.
0: Well, as we said uh, matt ryan 389 42 of 58 passing three touchdowns including the dagger with 17 seconds to play and it was an issue all day long bucky um where do you begin with the secondary last week and how do they this is not really a, a pass first offense in new york but
3: still they're gonna have to address it at some point not even have to address it. they need to address it right now uh i think doug peterson kind of laid it out uh i think he is realizing that this team and this personnel is not capable of being what we call a multiple coverage unit. They're not gonna be able to play a lot of man combination coverages. They're not also gonna be able to play zone. So if we are going to be a man-to-man team, we need to find a way to be great at it. So everything needs to be focused on how do we match up in coverage? How do we handle the picks and switches? How do we handle the crossing routes? Are we gonna banjo? Are we gonna lock up? And play man on man, but whatever it is, we need to be the best man-to-man coverage team that we can be with a little bit of zone. Because when you look at the fronts that we want to play, we need to play man behind it to do it. Because you can't do it in zone.
1: Well, I mean, whatever it was, got to get fixed, and I know that's uh, uh, pretty obvious. You know, I think what frustrated people obviously was the fact that it was over and over and over again. I don't know what they're going to do to change that. Bucky's better on that sort of stuff than I am. Uh, But I'm interested, actually, in what Bucky said. Uh, I'd like to hear him talk more about why this team needs to play man, sort of what went wrong, and how that might impact you going forward depending on who you're playing, if you follow me. Can they do that against every team? Can they be just that team in this league, Buck?
3: I think it's personnel-driven as opposed to anything else. When I when I look at the personnel that you currently have, Tyson Campbell, uh, Shaq Griffin, Harris Williams, those guys are more man-to-man cover guys as opposed to zone. And even though zone coverage will appear to be easier in terms of keeping the ball in front, you have to have great eyes. You have to have great instinct and awareness. You have to be able to react and anticipate and diagnose stuff. And I think our our guys are better at, this is my man. I'm locked on my man. I need to do it. That said, I'm going to be very, very honest. Shaq Griffin has to step up his game and play better. They brought him in as a marquee free agent. They brought him in to be the number one corner. He has to play like the number one corner. When you bring in a player like that, you pay him what you're paying. You can't Put him on the island and then expect the safety to help him. so he have to he has to either improve or someone else has to slide into that number one spot and that's just being very very honest and clear. and so as they transition to be more man-to-man centric, he has to step up his game and everybody else has to step up and match up. It has to be a man-to-man cover zone you got to be tight and you just have to you just have to get it done.
1: I do sort of wonder if uh, this matchup I don't want to say favors the Jaguars, but there might be an element of this. Um, the Colts last week clearly went away from what they feel like they are by necessity because they didn't have their running backs. Uh, so they played a game that was really not a Colts-style game. Uh, I think some reason they could do that, it was the second time seeing the Jags, so, so you sort of know what they are a little more than maybe a non-division team would to me, I don't think the Giants will change what they do offensively just because the Jags struggled with that last week. Um, so I don't know if you'll see them go to that short passing game. The, game you know. um, the Jaguars have played teams that try to play like the Giants okay, meaning when they know you're running. Uh, yeah, when it's gonna, sure. So yeah. I'm not going to say it's a matchup edge for the Jags because Saquon Barkley might be the best player in the NFL who's not a quarterback right now. But in terms of knowing what to expect, in terms of not having that pain, uh, that may play into them a little bit because I don't think the Giants will do stuff just because they saw the Colts do it.
3: No, I think, if anything, the game that the Giants are looking at, they're going to look at the Houston-Texans game. When you think about the running success right. that Damian Pierce had, I would expect to see them test the Jaguars in that vein. Uh, the wide receivers that the Texans have, I would say, are better than what the Giants had. And so it's not about matching up. It's about making the plays when they're there to be made. So Shaq Griffin has put on tape that he had a tough time with Alex Pierce. Two defensive PIs gave a big play. And so if you're Brian Dayball and Mike Kafka, somewhere in the game, you're going to test him over the top of the defense. to see, one, can he cover? Two, does he have the confidence to play one-on-one? Is he a guy that is shaky right now because he gave up some big plays? And so he is going to get tested, so he's going to have to put on his big boy pants, and he's going to have to man up and find a way to get it done. But this is going to be a game where the Giants are going to run the ball over and over and over again to see if the Jaguars have solved the issue when it comes to their running.
0: And when they do, it's, as you said, John, one of the best, if not the best player in the NFL that's not a quarterback, right? He might be up there with the quarterbacks as well And Saquon Barkley. Um, I have a question for the scout. Okay. Um, How different is Barkley now than before the knee injury? Has he changed his style at all since the injury and and coming back? No, I
3: think he's back to being who he was. Last year, he wasn't as explosive. was a little different, tentative, trying to figure out. The Saquon Barkley that I'm seeing is the best version of Saquon Barkley that we've seen. The explosiveness is back. The physicality is back. I think he's a smarter runner. And I'm gonna be honest. I think he's a tough. Runner. I think Brian Dayball and this coaching staff has maximized who he is, and because of that, he is playing like the best running back in. Yeah,
1: I think this is an interesting matchup for the Jays. I, I, I don't know that I entirely agree with Bucky. I mean, uh, it's dangerous on this show to not agree with Bucky. So <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll defer, I'll let him win it. But I mean, I'm joking, but. I thought against the Texans, they did okay against the run for most of the game. Uh, Pierce had 99 yards, and it took 26, 27 carries to get there. I think the key with Barkley is going to be, uh, to steal Bucky's phrase, the defense has to bring the big boy pants and do it every every play. Uh, there were a couple of times they let Pierce get away where they were tackling him. He was, he was so good at breaking tackles. The fear you have is I think they'll stop Saquon over and over and over again. But then that big play in the third quarter, you're, you're down 12-10 and he guts you for 19-10, you know, for 75 yards or something. That's what he's capable of. You're almost going to feel like you're holding your breath every time he touches the ball, that kind of game. And you might look at the stats after the game. He's got 120 and 70 of them come on one play it's going to be a breath-holding game for the defense in that regard because they're going to keep doing it. But I, I think they're pretty good against the run in terms of fits for the most part, except that one game in Philly. I, I think they'll play well with that fear of that one play. Just my thought. Yeah,
3: no, that's Saquon Barkley's style. Like he, I won't call him Barry Sanders, but old school people remember how Barry Sanders was get one yard, two yard, four yards, minus two. Then he had the big game. Doug Peterson alluded to that in the press conference. Your discipline, your gap integrity has to be on point this week. You have to be able to tackle. you got to tackle well. And it's really important that when we're watching the game, we see all 11 defenders running to the ball, finishing at the ball. You can't assume that your team is going to make the tackle. And the other part of this that's interesting is you can't neglect the quarterback. Daniel Jones is a capable runner. He will get 30 to 50 yards a game if you allow him to get loose on the quarterback design run. So you got to make sure that you stay home. The zone reads, you have to have discipline and have all that stuff lined up. And so it's a big game. It's a tough, it's a tough test. I remember, yeah, obviously after
0: that Eagles game, some guys in the locker room said, hey, maybe we were – Trying to do a little too much, overthinking, Yeah, did, accounting for the quarterback as well. We'll see if they've made that adjustment this week for sure. Uh, we'll come back in a moment and get into the Jaguars' offense. They had a great day on the ground in Indy. What will it look like this week for this Jags' offensive attack? Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks is brought to you by Fields Auto Group Jacksonville. Step up to luxury, fieldsauto.com. This is Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks on the Jaguars' digital network.
2: Listen, we need, you know, we need all hands on deck with with Saquon. I've watched this guy for, you know, many years, uh, run all over us. And, you know, he's he's one of those backs where it's like you'll get two, you'll get three, you'll get one, lost maybe a lost yardage, play, and then bang, he'll hit you for 50. I mean, that's just the, the the type of back he is. He's a, he's an, he's an explosive running back. Uh, he's a downhill guy. He's got speed to circle the defense. I mean, he's just a complete guy. Then you're seeing him. You know out of the backfield to make make plays there so um, having, having some bigger guys you know if Foley could go um, just help you know uh, anchor in the, in the middle of the run defense and and uh, but, but with a guy like you know Saquon you got to make sure you, you can you get him on the ground.
0: There you have it, the head coach Doug Peterson earlier today, wrapping up our discussion about Saquon Barkley and the New York Giants' offense, and it's huddle up with Bucky Brooks, J.P. Shadrick, John Osier as well, and now, John, we'll get back to Bucky coming up, uh, flipping it over to this Jaguars' offense. And last week, they run for 243. They get the fourth-quarter drive they'd been looking for to take a lead late with, uh, what, two forty four? two to go in the game something like that but then the other side just can't finish it out but it was a good step in the right direction I think in moments for this offense uh, last week with that running game they hadn't seen that kind of level of uh, running this year mixing it up on the offensive line some with some unbalanced look again and hey uh, doing what they had to do against the Colts to get some yardage and and that big moment, I think a lot of a lot of guys today talked about that fourth quarter drive and what it meant to mm-hmm. stay on the field for 18 plays when it mattered.
1: Well, and you hope that they build off of it and that uh, Trevor Lawrence build, builds off of it. People have talked some. He, Doug was asked in the press conference today about the early throw in that drive to Zay Jones. Big-time throw. Uh, Big-boy pants throw in, <laughs> in, in memory of Bucky. Um, you know, so – there, there are certainly elements that if it carries forward and you start seeing that more and more, you look at that as a turning point. Um, I've been saying all week, this offense to me is, is becoming, after six games, an offense that you believe in, an offense that for six games with the outlier being the cold, rainy game in, in Philly, this offense has moved consistently. Uh, they've had at least four drives in, in every game of over 50 yards. They've been in the red zone every game at least three times. Well, that wasn't even close to that. I mean, you know, for I think eight games in a row, they didn't score 20 last year. Yeah, that's right. So if you're looking for something, everybody talks about the identity of the team. I think the identity of the team is this team can move the ball. As it matures in the red zone, which is always a process, uh, I think it will get better and better offensively. But for this team to be here after six games, to be ranked 11th in the uh, offensively in total yards, to have put up 20 all five times. If you had asked me before the season, I don't think I'd have told you they'd be doing that yet. So that's, you feel like there's a spine, if you will, to build on, a foundation. I think as they get better in the red zone, you're going to start feeling, the fans who are complaining about the offense right now are complaining about points and about efficiency. It'll get there. Uh, The other day in that game, uh, as much as you praise the offense, I think they would tell you that fourth and one of the Colts, 32. Ouch. Yeah. Cause now, now you've got 34. If you get that right at the end of the first half, sort of sputtering a little bit, right when you felt like they could have put the Colts away, couldn't quite get there. I'm not criticizing. That's young offense stuff, but that's where a couple of plays here and there and you're way out ahead and you can't be come back on. So, you know, overall though I, i'm i couldn't feel better about where they are offensively in terms of having that foundation in terms of what they're going to do if they're only 6 games of yeah, the numbers i just talked about i i was stunned when i saw the consistency of how well they've moved offensively this season i did not expect to see that when i looked up the numbers
0: now the question uh, moving ahead, there's a couple of receivers that were on the report uh, last week. And then, of course, Agnew gets dinged mm-hmm. up in the game this week. Is Marvin Jones ready to go? I mean, there's there's a couple of those questions moving ahead here for this group.
1: Yeah, I think at some point um, he had a real nice catch the other day, Tim Jones, who impressed during preseason. And I'm usually the first one to say, well, preseason wide receivers, you know, can't count on them during the season, especially young guys. Need time to develop. It feels like with the way this is going so far, Zay Jones out for a game. Uh Marvin Jones out for a game. Agnew seems to be sort of dealing with different stuff each week. At some point, it feels like Tim Jones is going to be called upon for a stretch. And I think that will be I think he can do it. I think that will be a critical point in the season for this offense. Uh are they four deep? Are they five deep receiver? Or are they three or four deep? Uh, we're going to find out. And I think it's going to be a key point in the season at some point. Bucky Brooks
0: back with us now. This is Jaguars offense. We're uh, talking through the things of last week. And, of course, and John just made the point, you know, they're moving the ball. They're 11th in the league in, in offense. They're They're moving it. The red zone issues have been there at times, Bucky, but they cashed in some of those this past week and – um, you know, that that fourth quarter drive was was huge. A, a step in the right direction to finally, in a key moment, not only hold on to the ball for that long, but to finish in the end zone and take the lead in the fourth quarter. Can't ask for much more for the offense from that.
3: No, you can't ask for much more. And what you want to see from this offense is, as Doug Peterson is transitioning the offense, I believe he's making this offense more Clemson-like to accommodate the quarterback. So when you look at the plays that were successful last week, it was the running game with Travis Etienne and others. It was the quick rhythm passing game, a lot of bubble screens that we saw. Uh, We saw some movement passes, but not as many movement passes as we typically would see. And then we saw this team control the clock with a short passing game. That's how Trevor Lawrence played at Clemson with the occasional deep shot over top. And you like the results because... I also saw Doug Peterson say that this offense needs more explosive plays. So how do I generate that? Well, I give the ball to the explosive players that we have on the team. Guys that have produced those. Travis Etienne, Jamal Agnew. They got touches in critical moments, and they delivered. And so I think as we're getting to it, because remember, we're only six games into the year. Doug Peterson is beginning to assess and evaluate his team and figure out Here's where the ball needs to go. And as you see the ball go to more of the playmakers, the production should step up, and we should see it more consistently because the best players, the most explosive players, are touching the ball primarily.
1: Yeah, JP, I, I, I don't think it's a coincidence that, in light of what Bucky is talking about, that uh, Travis Etienne started. You know, yeah, and right. That's not a knock on James Robinson, but uh, Travis is, is a threat to – to go to the house every time he touches the ball. So um, that's appealing, especially in this offense, the way they play, they need those big plays. So I think that, I think you'll see more of that. You'll see more of them trying to get the ball in his hands in those situations. Uh, the, the question becomes, uh, who else gives them that? Agnew does give them that in certain situations when they get him the ball. I don't know that he's outside receiver guy to get you that. So my answer to that question would be, I think at some point Zay Jones becomes that. It's going to be interesting to see how they get him there Uh, because he's got that capability. It it hasn't quite happened yet this year, and I think it will happen once teams really commit to try to uh, stop ETN inside. You've got to think that that's when they'll be able to take a shot to Zay Jones at some point, but – that needs to happen because outside of ETN, the offense does feel like it's playing on a, on a on a fifteen to twenty yard field sometimes, and that's tough to do over the long term. Yeah, I agree with
0: that. And uh, Bucky, let's get into this week's matchup uh, against the New York Giants defense. Um, you know, there's they've got a couple veteran defensive linemen, Dexter Lawrence, one of those guys. He's got a sack in three straight games now. And, Of course, Kayvon Thibodeau had his first career sack. Last week, there's Lawrence uh, on your screen, of course, um, added to that sack total. Um, but boy, big, big body there in the interior, 342 pounds, six foot four, and uh, that should be quite a battle uh, on the interior of this defensive line. And then, as we mentioned, Kayvon Thibodeau, the uh, first round pick, who finally had a sack last week against uh, the Baltimore Ravens, and
3: we'll see. He's gaining some confidence. It feels like. Yeah, he's getting confident, but let me talk about Dexter Lawrence first because I'm conflicted, because my dad coached Dexter Lawrence in high school. So from ninth grade to twelfth grade, my dad was his D-line coach. And so watching Dexter mature into what looks to be a Pro Bowl player has been everything that my dad has always talked about. What has happened is Wink Martindale has unlocked and unleashed him on the inside. Dexter Lawrence is a 6'4", 320, maybe 340-pound player on the inside with great quickness, great combination of power and length, he is a problem on the inside. And so you have to start dealing with the Giants inside out because you have Dexter Lawrence and Leonard Williams. You have Kayvon Thibodeau, who's a problem as a speed rusher. And you have these guys in a scheme that creates one-on-one matchups, favorable one-on-one matchups. So what Wink Martindale is going to do is he's going to look at the Jaguars' protection and he is going to find the quote-unquote fish. Who is the weak link on that offensive line? And how can I get my best pass rusher matched up on him in a one-on-one situation so I can up the odds of my guy hitting the quarterback? And the coverage in the back end, they're gonna line up and they can play some man, they can do some things because they prefer cover corners over pass rushers, but it starts with the way that they attack the protection. They're going to put a lot of pressure on Trevor Lawrence by bringing a lot of blitzes and what they call simulated pressures, meaning it's a four-man rush, but it may not be the four on the line of scrimmage. It may be a safety, a linebacker, 2D lineman, but it allows you to come from different levels, but you're playing a maximum coverage behind the seven guys in coverage. And so Trevor Lawrence is going to have to be on his P's and Q's in terms of being able to decipher the coverage quickly, getting the ball out of his hands, but making sure he doesn't see ghosts and throws the ball into an area that is suddenly occupied by a defender dropping from inside out.
1: The Giants defense has been—they've uh, created big plays at big times this year, and uh, that scares you because they seem to have a knack for doing that. And yeah, you know, I, I, I personally think Bucky's dad can kick rocks this week. I, mean, I really don't <laughs> care about—I really don't care about uh, Lawrence. So yeah, you know, that, that, that's—that's—and that, uh, sounds like Bucky might. We wearing in the Giants garb. But I get that. <laughs> Might have one of those dual license plate this week. You know what I'm talking the about? House divided. Yeah. yeah. But that's fine. I mean, we can get them through this week, JP. You okay. That's fine. Um, <laughs> hey, let's come back in a
0: moment. We've got a couple <laughs> social media questions about this uh, matchup. The uh, Jaguars and the Giants coming up at TIAA Bankfield this Sunday. It's Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks on the Jaguars Digital Network.
2: He was very efficient, you know. Um, obviously, 20 to 22 passing, you know, um, really good in the run game with some of the checks we gave him, and and really did did what we asked him to do. Um, did a nice job in the fourth quarter, you know, leading that drive down to to give us the lead, uh, you know, late in that game and and put it put us in a position to, to go ahead and, and potentially win it. So those are those are obviously the steps that, that we need him to take, and uh, that was a, that was big in, in that direction.
0: That's Doug Peterson on Jaguars quarterback Trevor Lawrence. Welcome back. A tunnel up with Bucky Brooks on this Wednesday ahead of Week Number Seven. The New York Giants and the Jacksonville Jaguars coming up at TIAA Bank Field. JP Shadrick, Bucky Brooks, John Osier. Glad you're with us, uh, Bucky. You're on fire today, by the
3: way. You're, Fish. You're bringing it today. Fish. I big boy say. pants. I am. I am on, I'm on fire today. Yeah. I I you, feel like you're like, and John, you don't, uh, John, you don't have to worry about a house divided. Like just because my. My dad, Coach Dex, like we know, hey, we we go to where the the butter, the, the bread is butter. Like all right. we're all Duval all the time. All right. And so we want we want to shake hands with Dex and we want him to have a nice game. But we want him to take an L because that's what you do. You love your friends hard, but you want them to walk out disappointed. And so it's a little special for me. I need us to get this. I need us to get it, this dub.
0: It does. Maybe that's it. Maybe that's why it's just a personal game for you, Bucky. I mean, that's what it is. That's it's very, you're... it's
3: very, it's very personal. We got, we got to get this one. And so this is a tough one because the general manager, Joe Shane is a friend of mine. I got a bunch of oh. friends over there, See? but yeah. they all got to go down. We got to yeah. have, we got to have it this week. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm game day, ready on Wednesday. I'm I ready tell. I'm ready to go.
1: Yeah. Your lips are moving, but I'm not hearing.
0: you. <laughs> 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 Let's go to social media. Earlier today on Twitter, we put out the cat signal. Here's the best we've come up with today. At Jay Coon Coon 2, if the same defensive struggles from last week show up early in this game, what adjustments are you making? Darius Williams outside, Herndon at slot, more Muma. Where do you
3: begin here, Bucky? Uh, I think you got to go with your guys. I think the number one thing that you have to do is, one, you want to simplify. You want to make sure that everything is easy for the players to understand. And I know that Shaq Griffin had a tough game, but what you want to do is you want to trust – that as a veteran player who's played at a high level at times throughout his career, he can get back on track. So whether that's him taking extra reps in practice, him watching more time, more tape doing film study, whatever that is, you expect him to be a pro and step his game up. But I think the challenge would be issued to the defense to start taking the game over. There have been a couple of times where the defense can close it out, and they haven't been able to do it regardless of what the offense is doing. I think this is the week that Mike Caldwell and that staff – challenges certain parts of the defense to take their game up a notch. It not only is the coverage, but the pass rush. Because the Jacksonville Jaguars up front certainly have the personnel to knock the quarterback around. The last couple weeks we haven't seen it. It is time for that pass rush to make their presence felt in a game. All right, we've got an update. The official injury report has come out
0: for Wednesday. The uh Wednesday practice. Uh and we've got uh, an update on the secondary. Cornerback Shaq Griffin did not practice today with a back issue, Bucky, and was not out there for the Jaguars. Uh fully Fatakasi, you mentioned the D line, quadriceps limited today. Devon Hamilton, a foot issue limited today. Uh Foyer is on there with that calf issue limited
3: today as well. There you go. Um the, the jokester in me would say his back is hurting because he got his back beat out by Alec Pierce. But I'm going to be positive and supportive today. But well, you and didn't I'm say that. Say well, that. Well, you, you didn't say that.
1: You can't <laughs> say, I was going to say, and then say, and then, okay, okay. now when you run into Shaq, well, I didn't I know, really say it. I didn't say help it. it. But
3: I'm back. Look, so he had a little back issue, but look, he has to be on point. He has to be available. Regardless, the next person has to be ready to play in that. Uh, you heard Doug Peterson talk about man coverage and he basically gave it away he said they can play more man to man they want to simplify because it appears that our guys are having an issue going back and forth between man and zone and some of the coverage bust particularly could be leading to some of the big plays so let's simplify it let's play the easiest coverages that we can play that our guys know that can dig into details and know everything about what they're being asked to do and how to do it and then let's go win so I expect to see a simplified coverage, but hey, they got to get better in the back end. Has to be better.
0: There you have it. Uh, one other social media question we'll get to today. Yes. Uh, at Noptma. Do you think we should use Travis Etienne as a deep threat in the passing game? Other than week one, it seems his targets have been checkdowns downs or screens, especially if Agnew
3: is going to miss time. Hmm. What do you think, Bucky? I mean, I think you want to use him as as much as you can. You want to take advantage of what he brings to the table. I don't know if you want to run him down the field unless you get a favorable matchup uh, on a rail route out the backfield or something got an empty formation. But, nah, Travis Etienne is a running back. So I want him to be in the backfield, running the ball, catching it on swing passes and those things. Yes, if you can get him out there and do some stuff, do it. But he needs to touch the rock because the last couple weeks we've seen it when he's touched it 12 to 14 times, man, he's made some magic happen. I just want to see him continue to pull those rabbits out the hat.
1: Yeah, that's an occasional thing to me where it's like Bucky said, if if you see a matchup you can use, uh, if Trevor sees something at the line or if they see something, yeah, do it. But it's not his strength to run deep posts. Uh, so do you have him do that three or four times and, and wear him out? I, I, let the guy do what he does well. I do have a question for the scout if we oh, have time. Yeah, I mean, we got plenty of time. I know yes. we're, I know we're into it. Since he's on fire today, I, I want him to tell me, offensive line wise, um, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> what, is, what are you doing, I, Bucky? <laughs> what I, is going on here? I
3: guess he's proving so I got, I got I got my Jaguars towel here. I wanted John to understand my, my loyalties and stuff like that. But I also feel like a wrestler walking to the ring with the belt. And so I couldn't help it. I just, I just feel perked up today. I, maybe I've had a little too much caffeine, but I feel a little perked up today. So go ahead and ask me the question there. Uh, yeah, he's J-O. just. I'm ready.
1: <laughs> he's just fortunately not showing us his giant's underwear. But he. he uh, so, it, the offensive line the other day played very well. At, at, there's a couple of sacks in the first half, but overall they played very well. Uh, how did Shatley play? How is that group? It seems to me that group is playing uh, I think better than a lot of fans expected. I think it's because they've got some continuity there. They've got some veterans. It, it feels right. But just talk about the offensive line overall, and then we'll close it out.
3: No, I think the offensive line has played pretty solid. I think it's been a good job of
1: the, the unit playing
3: together. There's been a lot of continuity. We haven't seen a lot of fluctuations in terms of the starting lineups and those things. And so there's a chemistry and connectivity that's needed for the offensive line to go. But I also think coaching-wise – I think the coaching staff have put together plans that has limited the exposure for the offensive line, meaning the ball comes out really quick. If it doesn't come out quick, a lot of times Trevor Lawrence is on the move, bootlegs and runouts and those things to get him from being in the same spot all of the time. And so the combination of those things with the running game working, they prevented the opponent from being able to get in a track stance and just meet number 16, seven yards behind the center. And so as long as they're able to work together and put all of those things together, yeah, the offense can move. And I think everyone should be uh, encouraged by the success and the production of the offense. But I think to win, we have to have a little more and that little more has to come in the red zone. We have to get touchdowns instead of field goals, because that's the difference between being a two and four team and maybe a four and two team at this point. Let's come back. We'll wrap it up. Our
0: final thoughts uh, ahead of this Jaguars-Giants matchup. Remember to subscribe to the official Jaguars podcast network. It's on iHeartRadio, iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you download podcasts. Give us that five-star rating and a comment. It's Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks on the Jaguars Digital Network. It's Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks. Brought to you by Fields Auto Group, Jacksonville. Step up to luxury. FieldsAuto.com. The Giants and the Jaguars game coming up Sunday is presented by Florida Blue. Florida's Blue Cross and Blue Shield Company providing health insurance to residents of Florida for more than 75 years. Learn more at FloridaBlue.com. J.P. Shadrick, John Osier, Bucky Brooks. Well, what do you think here? Um... Oh, there's a the live look, by the way, of the Miller Electric Center outside TIAA Bank Field. A beautiful blue sky, Chamber of Commerce Day. The, uh, it was 47 degrees this morning, Bucky. I had to pull out the wool coat on the way to the car today.
3: Oh, that's not good. That's a little chilly. Uh, thanks for the weather update. It means i got to bring the big boy jacket. Um, I don't like being cold. Well, it looks, do like, cold.
0: looks like Sunday, high of 78, low of 60 in sunshine. Nice.
1: Bucky will probably need a jacket. Yeah, Southern California guy. That's right. Oh, absolutely, I'm going to need a jacket.
0: Don't let weather beat you. Don't let weather beat you. Always be prepared. You can always take layers off, you know, if you have too many. That's how that works. That is That is. You can do that. Um, Jags 24, Giants 21. What do you think, Bucky?
3: Uh, I like that score. That's kind of like the normal thing that I that I, I go to. I think whenever the Jaguars can get to the 24, that puts them in a ch- in a situation where they can win. The big thing is the big sombrero this week has to be on the pass rush. The pass rush has to be effective. they got to stop the run on early downs, and they have to find a way to impact Daniel Jones. We've talked about Daniel Jones as a runner. we talked about how the improvements the Giants have made. But the one thing that still exists, when they put the game on his shoulders and he has to do it, he's turnover prone. And so the Jaguars got to stop the run early, and then the pass rush needs to heat Daniel Jones up. They do that. They walk out of the bank with a win
1: yeah i think if, I think if they get a turnover uh they got a chance if they get two they win it It's why they haven't felt like the same defense the last two weeks because they haven't got enough pressure because teams have played in a way to not let them get pressure and they haven't gotten turnovers so uh you know nine through four games, zero through two it's been a noticeable difference if if they get I think if they get one they win. I'll say that Wow,
3: okay and, and J. O. yeah shot like they That sound like a guarantee jp it, it almost sounded sound like a guarantee like it. well they haven't it done almost it, to, it. So it I'm almost sure they're going to
0: it almost sounded like he locked it bucky
3: didn't it they didn't lock it kind of it kind of sounded like a lead pipe lock over there J. I, J. O. like it sounded like you put it up there hey can we tweet that out if can it we walks take that clip and tweet it out if it so walks. everyone knows that J. O. <laughs> guaranteed a win this week let's if it, do it if let's it put walk, it out there walks
0: like a lock sounds like a lock it might be a lock
1: i'm probably going the other direction that to me, right uh, now, this is a prove it to me Jaguars situation. They're playing a team just like last week, very good and close games. Jaguars haven't been good in close games. I think once they get one, they'll be okay, but they got to get one. And uh, so far, they haven't done it.
0: And don't let Saquon Barkley run for a, an 80-yard touchdown or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I think it's a big game for uh, Trevor just,
1: Lawrence. I think it'll be close. Yep, yeah. he's uh, playing out the, the home front. This is the week. This is
3: the week. Okay. This is the week we turn the corner. We turn the corner, Jo. This is the week that we turn the corner. Perfect team. Everyone's going to talk about the Giants. They're 5-1. There's Destiny's Darlings and all that other stuff. But it's the perfect team for the Jaguars to play because they're not explosive in the passing game. They have a running back that you have to deal with. And they have a quarterback that will turn it over. Defensively, yeah, they're problematic. But this is the one. This is the one that you get that changes everything. And then you can be happy and go home and have your nice adult pop. And and we get it going. But this is the week, man. Guarantee it. Here we go. Go guarantee it, J.O., J-O guarantees a
1: victory. Let's do it. I'll tell you the key. Jaguars got to find themselves a fish. Oh, you got to find the fish. Oh, <laughs> oh they are the plenty
3: fish. of fish on their offensive line. What they're doing is they're hiding them with the running game. Because they're committed to running the ball, they're not in long yardage situations. And so you don't get a chance to go after them. That's why the most critical down would be first and 10. If the Jaguars own first down, oh, then you see all kinds of turnovers. Then you see three turnovers. But they got to win first down. They win first down, they can attack all those little fish that are there. They're hiding them. You can't tell them because they're in the kiddie pool. We can't see We can't get to them. We'll get to them. There's so many fish. It's Bucky a school. has
1: big boy it's, pants on today, fellas. It's a school of fish. <laughs> There's so
0: many. Unbelievable. Wow. Uh, hey, great show. Uh, Bucky, well done. Um, we'll talk to you later in the week. And looking forward to this one on Sunday.
3: Oh uh, Sunday, I'll
0: be ready. I'll be caffeined up. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like today, I think. That's Bucky Books, Brooks in Los Angeles. John Osier, I'm J.P. Shadrick, Joe Fortunato, Brent Reber, our entire crew. Thank you for watching. And the Giants and the Jaguars coming up this Sunday. We'll have Jags Drive Time tomorrow morning on Jaguars.com. Jaguars Happy Hour and the Doug Peterson Show tomorrow afternoon. That'll do it for Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks on the Jaguars Digital Network.